Critical Hit is a drunken, foul-mouthed podcast for adults. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello, world, and welcome to another episode of the Critical Hit Podcast, where we drink beer and talk about everything. I'm Red King. With me is Chrono Warden and Crimson. Tonight, we are trying Country Pumpkin by Ithaca Beer, Ithaca Beer Co. Try that again. <laughs> Ithaca Beer Beer. <laughs> And we're talking about um, spooky movies because uh, it's October and it is spooky season. Are you ready? Yeah. We are Critical Hit. This is Country Pumpkin. Cheers, bro. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers. Tink, tink. Let's get it. Oh, boy. Nope. That's fucking awful. Oh, what? Hold up, bro. No! Wait! <laughs> no, it broke my whole fucking thing. <laughs> it's like I haven't had a single no, good... because legitimately, that has been my thing for years. No. Nope. I, I have tried Got you. <laughs> every pumpkin beer. I mean, every year. It's like they come out with something that's pumpkin flavored, and it tastes like shit. Here we go. This is Country Pumpkin <laughs> by Ithaca Beer. Let's go over the stats. Um, 5.9 ABV. Um, I have not been able to find an IBU on this one. It's not really bitter, though. I it's mean, not bitter at all. It's so got to be like... My, my thing about this one isn't the pumpkin flavor. It is the hops. The, yes. Okay, so this is Magnum Hopped. With uh, flavors of pumpkin puree, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, allspice. All shining through perfectly. It's a, no, I can't even fucking believe it's it. It's a slice of fucking pumpkin pie in a can. Yeah. With but hops. they ruined it with fucking hops. <laughs> you gotta hop it, bro. You gotta hop it. So. We'll get you used to these hops. Yeah. No, they could have put this in a fucking cider. And I probably would like it. I'm not going to give you a cider, though. Not on this fucking show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, we're so we're not in. men of culture when it comes to beer. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, Ithaca Beer Co. for real quick. Um, this was this company was founded in '98 by Don Mitchell, Dan Mitchell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Dan Donovan, Dan Donovan Mitchell. So. <laughs> Besides you, who's a southern boy, um, or besides Chrono, who's a southern boy, we are upstate degenerates from <laughs> New fucking York, and um, everybody seems to forget I was born in upstate New York. Get the fuck out! First two years of my life—that's not enough. Well, you got to remember, I've been back up here for eight now. Word, word. <gasps> I don't know. Is that valid? I feel like I don't know if that's valid. Oh no, he can, he could put on some. He could... I'm thirty. Okay. No, fair enough. Yeah, yep, yep, okay. Yep. Right, so okay. A third of my life is up here. Two thirds are in the south. So I've seen it all. I haven't. <laughs> so uh, Ithaca Beer Co. actually has a whole ass street in Ithaca. Yeah, and um, Ooh, that's impressive. <laughs> so their Flower Power IPA. Which I've tried before, really good. No, um, yeah, one time when I was doing some work up there uh, for a certain company that I can't mention. 
<laughs> um, their their flower power I, that sounded so fucking cryptic. It was recognized as one of the top twenty five most important American craft beers ever brewed by Food and Wine magazine. No, they have good stuff. I have drunk stuff of theirs I like. It was just not the beer because I don't like beer. Oh, it's fantastic. I so as a little bit of background. Pumpkin beer has always been a zero for me, always, every fucking time I've ever tried it. Like, I think the worst was, like, Sarnock. Oh, Sarnock, anything really is not Yeah, that. Sarnock is great. Hey, I like some of their stuff. I mean, Granted, I like their sodas more than their alcohol. Word, word. Like the Shirley Temples oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I okay. was completely ready to suffer. <laughs> I was completely ready to just be unhappy. But this is great. He he is officially broken into the pumpkin space. I hope the next one just like way. tastes like dog shit in your mouth. <laughs> it's not too late. We can do it. <laughs> Listen, we're not we're not trying we're not trying for that. <laughs> so since uh, since we've really broken into uh, to spooky season, the month of October, we are going to. We're going to talk about horror, the movies, the genre of horror. It's so horrible, right? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I've. No Sferatu, your ass out the door. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know if that worked. That didn't, I, that didn't, that didn't check with me. No Sferatu? I don't know. I'm trying to. I know Sferatu to I, deal with Yeah, yeah. Like, now, like, how's that? That's decent. Fucking hard <laughs> So. We're going to go ahead and talk about um, the genre, right? Uh, I've decided, because I feel like I can do it, we're going to go all the way back to the birth of horror. Um, okay, I want to see your notes on this versus mine. Got you. Okay, here's my notes. Um, Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> no. No, no. Considering no. Night of the Living Dead is the first one in that series in 1968... Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah no, I, yep. Okay. Okay. Um, so, just to give you a quick rundown on that, because it's actually some of my notes. Dawn of the Dead came out in 1975. Yep. A full eight years, seven years. Sorry, seven years after Night of the Living Dead. Oh. Then Day of the Dead is 1985. The Night of the Dead Living Dead remake is 1990. That was the first um, of the Dead yep. movies that I've ever watched. Same. Actually. The 1990 or the 1968. Um, the the nineties because the sixty eight is the first one. It I had saw. Ving Rhames in it. Yes, I fucking love Ving Rhames. I think he's in both of them. Get the fuck out. <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe not, because it's like the guys who did all the stuff in the nineteen sixty eight. Oh, that'd be ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Uh, so here's my notes on the origins of horror. Right. In the early thousands, um, it was all real stories because life was fucking scary and actually nightmarish, right? See? That's my notes. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going into the horror of the history of horror films. No, I was I, like horror as a genre. Like, <laughs> the spoken, the written, Books, the, yeah, the yeah. stories, the legends. It was all based off of like Dracula. All because there's just some fucking Turkish asshole who was psychotic. 
Well, he wasn't <laughs> Turkish. He was Romanian. Chill. How's that? <laughs> I knew what I was talking about, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not Ataturk the Impaler. It's Vlad the Impaler. Uh, Ataturk. Yeah. Well, so I got uh, Mustafa Kamala, the guy who actually founded Turkey as a country, was called Ataturk, Father Turk. Okay, he knows history. <laughs> I just know that historically shit was horrible, and then yes. they just wrote things that were actually happening. So I actually <laughs> watched the oldest horror movie. It exists on YouTube. Okay. Really? 1896. Hmm. Georges Méliès, The House of the Devil, or La Manure du Diable. Good, good. I probably fucked that up. Anybody that speaks French, I apologize. Three minutes and 19 seconds. What? It exists. On oh. film still. I watched it on YouTube. Yo, could you imagine how sick that shit was? <laughs> it, like, so here's the thing. It's actually surprisingly well made. Of course, by today's standards, it looks campy and everything. But it's literally, like, it started with, like, it's just a bat. It's a fake bat on strings, obviously, because this is 1896 special effects. Mm -hmm. But it's flapping around. It turns into a dude. He summons his Igor, because right. I don't know what else you call the short, hobbled guy that's helping you do your crap. And then, <laughs> like, he makes a cauldron appear, and a woman rises up out of it. And then straight up, like, he sends his Igor away. He puts the pretty woman in a side room. And then a couple of guys, like, come in. They have, like, swords and stuff. They're oh, looking around the castle. <laughs> and, like, literally oh, he starts messing with them. And it ends up getting kind of weird. Like, so you know the, like, horror scene of, like, it's, like, four or five women are just, like, in white walking at someone? Yes. This scene is in this movie. Holy shit! Because, like, the pretty woman turns into, like, five old crones that are like all in white and they just start walking at the guys and it's actually like really good it was really interesting to watch that sounds <clears throat> kind of terrifying yeah, that's big as fuck I'm like no that. imagine being seeing this for the first time okay just to give you an idea 194 films are on youtube for this guy okay and like he from 1896 all the way up until like the early 19 teens, I think even maybe the 1920s, he's doing stuff. Wow. He had six Faustian style like shorts, short horror films. But he did uh, The Cave of Demons, which a woman finds a cave filled with ghosts and skeletons of the people who died in the cave. Okay. Uh, there's a terrible night where a man is trying to get a good night's sleep and ends up wrestling a giant spider in his dreams. <laughs> yeah, that one's a little like horror comedy. And then yes. there's another one called The Bewitched Inn, which was 1897. And there's a hotel guest being pranked by an unseen presence. But then following that, 1897, an American named George Albert Smith who went from photographer to director. Right. He actually came out with the X-ray fiend. Yes. That and in the 1897, okay. two years after X-ray was invented. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, so they were really going off of the stuff of the time, you know, brand new technology. Right. 
like cutting, like bleeding edge technology. And you're like, how that shit's pretty scary. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna lie. Well, it's kind of so a-, a lot of the horror themes that I'm talking about here are spirits and things like that. Right. But Melier didn't just do those. Um, so the X-ray fiend is kind of cool because it's like it's two skeletons are going through like the actions of courting one another. Right. And if you think about that at the time, unless you were like a war vet or war surgeon or a doctor, you didn't see a lot of skeletons or bones or anything. Yeah. So it's just like what to us is a very, like when we court people, it's two skeletons doing that. Right. Then uh, there was another one. He actually like the paranormal investigation uh, subgenre. He kind of made the first one of those. Oh, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's nothing new under the sun. (laughs) There really is. Like when Paranormal Activity first came out, and it was like the first movie to me was actually pretty good. Yeah, the first Paranormal um, Activity was actually pretty good. Yeah. But that one was a ripoff. It's a ripoff of uh, 1898 photographing a ghost. And literally, (laughs) yeah, it sounds stupid. Was he in a sheet? (laughs) I didn't actually get to watch that one. Yeah, okay. But like I clicked on a. Uh, YouTube video that was like the history of horror. 1898 was a bad year because a lot of the films from that year that aren't like Melies are just gone. Right. Like they don't exist. Because I actually have a Japanese company on here that did a couple. And there's Ooh. no surviving footage from those because of like a 1923 uh, earthquake that just caused this massive fire. Right. But like photographing a ghost is kind of interesting because it's literally like they're trying to take a picture of the ghost and like they fail every single time, and it's like throwing chairs at them and stuff like got in my house. This is amazing. But then, yes, so 1898 in Japan, uh, Konishi Hanten, two films by Ejiro Hata, and this is the company that became Konika. Uh, there's Shinin no Sose, which is Resurrection of a Corpse, where a dead guy comes back to life after being dropped by his effectively pallbearers. Right. They that just was, drop him. That's a zombie movie. That's it. Kind of. So, yeah, that's like the forerunner. What year was this? 1898. It's not really because he doesn't come back to like eat corpses or something. He just comes back to life. Right. Okay. Like he didn't get properly, he didn't get his last rights basically. So he just kind of like comes back to life. But there's no like footage of this thing left because, like I said, Earth. That is fucking insane. The other one is Bake Jizo, Jizo the Spook. There's no records of any kind on this one. Like it's barely like it's. Yeah, it's probably because it's actually fucking haunted. (laughs) Probably. Well, so the theory is is that it's about the Jizo statues that are all over Japan because Jizo is like the deity that watches over. Children who die before their parents, aborted fetuses, and just like children who die in the womb, kids that die young. Right. He's kind of like the caretaker of that. And the thought is, is it's about a haunted one of those statues. But like uh, the writer played one of the guys in one of those films. And then it was just like a couple extras from the company. But like, so this isn't... uh, I think this is 1903, but Melier still kicking around (laughs) actually did the astronomer's dream. And it's kind of funny, right? Like I watched this one and it was really good. It's surprisingly the effects hold up really well. It's much less campy than house of the devil. Mm, Right. But like 
he used his moon prop from this one in like three or four other films. Okay. And it's, so it's funny, right? Cause you know how Merlin looks in, uh, sword in the stone, right? Or, uh, yeah. Sword in the stone. Yes. It's this astronomer dressed like that. Like he's got the wizard hat and everything. He's studying the star and like he draws the moon on a chalkboard over the earth and then it like animates. Right. And like he's being harassed by people. And so it's kind of like he is like the grandfather of the genre that would spawn stuff like alien or predator, the space exploration. Cause he was pushing the bounds of horror beyond the religious connotations of this period. So a lot of things when it comes to horror wasn't actually like we look at it and oh man, it started in like, we'll say the eighties, nineties, whatever, like where well, probably the sixties. Yeah. We, a lot of us probably think of night of the living dead, mm, right, the yeah. original one. And, uh, as, but so, but if you thi- think about something like alien, that's, that's, 1970s. A, that's a newer premise. 1970s, you, it, yeah. You know, so if you think about something like that, like we think that a lot of these ideas have been brand new and like, you know, in, in our parents' lifetimes and their parents' lifetimes, they've seen all this stuff happen where it's like, no, even prior to that, there was so much going so on. So generally, I would say the idea is is there's kind of the idea that, right, everything has been done already. Mm. Nothing new under the sun. Yes. That isn't necessarily wrong, but it's how you use it. Mm. Right. So, because, yeah, a lot of the media we consume is recycled ideas or shares a base premise. But, like, the original Alien is a really, really good movie. And it's just, like... So, here's the thing, right? 1910 is when the first version of Frankenstein... Mary Shelley. Yes. Mary Shelley's 18-whatever-hundreds novel... Edison Studios made the first version of Frankenstein in 1910. And like those were like the 1900s kind of gave way to the classics like the Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. Sleepy Hollow, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, like even like Hansel and Gretel, which almost. Well, so like at this point to me, like it feels like a children's book, but. Back then, it, if w- you, it was actually a, a hor- like a horrific type but of... But, like, even read the children's story of Hansel and Gretel. That's still a horror story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because... That's pretty creepy. Like, deadass, like, if you came to some old lady's house and ate her siding, and she was like, yo, come in and eat some more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Red yeah, flags. hundred <laughs> fucking percent. She's trying to kill your ass. If you take a bite out of her house... <laughs> And she wants to feed you more? Nah, she's going to kill you. <laughs> nah, dog, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck that noise. That's not raw dog raunchy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it yeah. is. Because she's eating children. <laughs> and it's like the worst fucking way. That's naw dog a... nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's such a fucking, like, it's honestly the worst way to eat a kid. Um, not saying that there's like, I was going to say, is there really a good way? way? <laughs> but like, this motherfucker is just to like boil them? Do we need to check your basement? What the? Why? So what? You're gonna saute no, them? No, it's <laughs> painful. I'm just saying it's painful. Well, yeah, okay. she's stuffing them full of stuff and then baking them alive in an oven. Yeah, like which? Okay. Um, considering that's a German fairy tale. <gasps> oh. oh. Wow. That's bad. Oh, that's so wow. derivative. It's fucking derivative. I <laughs> the 
What have we I'm, discovered? I can't even say. I, can I say that word? Nazi? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I they're mean, fucking not, derivative. Leave it later. <laughs> so, right? We're not, approving, <laughs> we're not approving of the behavior. Right. Like, that is whole, fucked up. Yeah. That is really fucked up. Holy shit. That, There's some psychopath in old German. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> fucking Mangala was out here like, I want to do this to somebody eventually. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, fucked up. Terrible. <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Holy moly. Fuck that dude. Um. <laughs> so. Wow. Stop giving people ideas. No, no. We went ahead and uncovered something deep. <laughs> right here. You've seen it first. <laughs> or you've heard it first because we are not a video. We're only audio. Um. So. Video equipment's expensive. Yeah. And so yeah. the genre kind of shifted, right? Um, the reoccurring theme started to solidify more in like the the 60s onward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so just to go back to, I forget the exact name of the studio, but so you know how we had that recent like mummy remake with uh, Tom Cruise in it? Yes. And that was supposed to trigger Universal's uh, monster movie multiverse franchise where they were trying to copy the MCU and stuff. Universal <laughs> needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah. So <laughs> technically speaking, Universal already had five monster movies that came out between like 1912 and 1929 that starred Frankenstein, Dracula. It was all those same monsters that they were just trying to use. Right. But they were called like IMB or something. I don't remember the exact company name. I didn't write it okay. down. Mm-hmm. But. So, so we talked about uh, Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Like, so Night of the Living Dead, it was George A. Romero's kind of first. That that was, that started to solidify the zombie genre. It, it were, it, that was the genesis of the zombie genre. Yes. Dawn of the Dead was really the popular version of it, right? So the funny part is, is that that's not actually the highest grossing one of those movies. I believe it. Land of the Dead. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Come the fuck on. That's the one that had the highest budget. It had a budget of $19 million and made like 50 million dollars. Okay, whatever. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to acknowledge it. <laughs> I was going to talk about how Night of the Living Dead, um, because it was in black and white, they had to use Hershey's chocolate syrup as blood because it came out better on camera in black and white. But now you went and fucked me up with that stupid Land of the Dead bullshit. Okay, That was a terrible movie. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Here's the thing, though, right? Didn't actually have special effects in the 1968 one. Yes. It was all like... It was like... Basically, lunch meat and yeah. chocolate syrup. So that's the funny part, though. The 1990 remake, they got the one guy to come back because it was the first time that the three guys who made Night of the Living Dead, the original, had worked together in over 20 years. Right. And they said, you actually get special effects this time. But it's funny. Out of respect for the 1968 version, they actually like kept it very, like, practical. Mum. Yes. Yeah. They kept it very mum on the special effects. Right. Which, which I feel like kind of works out better in a horror sphere anyway, because I feel like the more, you know, computer-generated CGI you get, like, it's just not, it's not the same visceral kind of... Well, not to drag up the Xenomorph corpse again, but uh, Aliens, 
Well, Alien, the first one. Aliens itself is kind of an action horror movie, but game over, man. Game over. <laughs> but also a good movie, but for different reasons. Yes. But the original Alien, it's just a dude in a suit. And it's funny because it's like, I hadn't seen the movie because I watched it, rewatched it with my wife a couple years ago at this point. Yep. I hadn't seen it in 20 years. <laughs> but like, so we were watching it on Amazon Prime and Prime has that like detail pop up thing. And it said the dude's name. And I'm like, he's in this scene because she's in like the shuttle where she's escaping. Right. And sure enough, she starts walking around, looking around because the cat's like, something ain't right here. Mm. And she walks by like some of the tubing and you can see his outline in it. But it, that, it does hold up really well. That's awesome. That is fantastic. And I, I feel like that's kind of the impressive part of practical effects as opposed to CGI because everything CGI becomes dated eventually. Yes. And it when it becomes dated, it you becomes... You know. Yeah, oh yeah. It's gosh. badly so, dated. Look, like the uh, Final Destination movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah so here's one for you. Not necessarily a horror movie when it starts out, but it ends up there. Jurassic Park, the first one. Think about it. Oh, that that, that goes from a scientific exploration of dinosaurs to a fucking survival horror movie. It does. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It Especially when the fucking raptors get out. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson's character, the one lady's going da- back to turn on the power, and she's like, oh, thank God, it's you. And it's his fucking arm, because, you know... The raptors Ooh. fucking ate him <laughs> yeah, and, they had and some... positioned his arm to lure someone else in. That was an... So... And that was all practical. So how bad are the new ones in comparison? So, they are so neutered. Okay. They really okay, okay. 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 Because remember when they were getting chased by the T-Rex and the one dude got stomped? Yeah. And then his, he, his like limp body was stuck to dinosaur's foot like a gum wrapper yeah that shit what oh my golly that was so here's the thing i haven't seen dominion yet but i have seen one two three four and five yes if i were to rank them the original is still the best lost world i used to rank lower but you know what i went on like a jurassic park binge like a year ago yeah and lost world actually holds up really well huh so I would probably rate them one, two, four, five, three. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting ranking. I I don't know. I feel like I do have to agree with the the newer things I've gotten. I feel like generally horror has become more like tamed. Like, it's less... not as visceral as like when the one guy's going to take a shit and then the T-Rex just knocks it over and fucking eats him off the toilet. Yeah, because I feel like you could pretty much Which, call what it... What a shitty way to go. Instead of calling but, it... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but instead of calling it Jurassic World, I feel like you could call it Marvel's Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. Because like With, everything uh... just kind of turned into this big epic action thing instead yeah, of just being... Yeah, they had Star Lord. Yeah, exactly. That, and that's what I'm saying is like it kind of like I mean, which yeah, I, but I actually like the Guardians movies. I no, I here's the thing. I love yeah, Chris, I'm, I'm I love go. Chris Pratt. I love the Guardians movies. I I like he does really well in his movies. It's just the material that he's given is just well in those movies. It's uh, yeah so, yeah. <laughs> so um, as far as uh, 
as far as the horror genre goes, like we're we're starting with surprisingly enough Jurassic Park, we're starting to get into the modern format of horror. Mm. So we're starting to we've passed the uh, the the Night of the Living Dead, the Dawn of the Dead. We're starting to get into that. You know, like the aliens territory where we're starting to get into well, characters. So you got to remember, the original Alien came out sometime in the 1970s. I think it's actually might be older than Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. Whoa. The original Alien, it's around the same time as like A New Hope. Like yeah. When that first came out. Mm. Jurassic Park came out in the 90s. Yeah, so my timeline's stupid, but I was... I guess, I guess it was the segue. It yeah. Was segue. Well, it's. I think where you're going for is is it shifted monster focus. Yeah. Where now we're starting to focus on the character, and we've and we have. Um, now we've always had we've we've had the Draculas, the Frankenstein's. Yeah. But we've started to get into these now right, the but... edgy, the omnipotent, like. The Hot Topic t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so the thing about Frankenstein that makes it so good is, is it's kind of a play on man's inhumanity to man. Yeah, but that that doesn't... That's not that's not how these new characters are. Yeah, I know. They're, they're yeah. less commentary, and they're more like, this is the one that you should be scared of. Shit your fucking pants. Here it is. It's, it's become a mascot. So, yeah. yeah. So here's, the mascot of horror. Here's the other thing, though, right? I think Marvel has done the thing where they get people in seats for two and a half, three hours. Yes. Now, granted, Lord of the Rings did the same damn thing, and I'm like constantly talking about this, where it's like I don't feel like watching Lord of the Rings, but then it's like I'll watch a three-hour YouTube video. Yep. Regardless. <laughs> um, about Lord of the Rings? <laughs> no. I've done this before. I do want to point that I out. I mean, Lord the extended versions are like four and a half hours. It's ridiculous. Holy <laughs> but... So the big thing I'm enjoying more is short horror movies that are like 15 minutes or less. There's an entire, we kind of watched the one where we did the analog horror with the Mandela County stuff. Yep. Half an hour or less. Those built tension very well. They didn't show the monster until the third one. And it's for like 30 seconds. And that's not the only version of that monster. They, yeah, I think, that format, it helps it helps maintain that tension so well. Mm-hmm. If you haven't checked that out, Crimson, you should try it. Um, yeah, yeah. Mandela catalogs. Yeah. Really amazing short stories. They're by a guy named Alex Kister on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't watched them, I highly recommend it. And it's it's like, you know, lower production value, but... Well, it, it's analog it, horror. It's it got that VHS, up. like, 8-track... Yeah. Well, you know what I did realize though, when speaking of lower production value, I realized that a lot of people, when they're given less to work with, they work more creatively. Make or break. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you come out with something better because you figure out all the ways to still toy with somebody's kind of fear reflex. Right. Without having to have this special effect and this character and this. So thing. that yeah. was going to be the other thing I brought up. I feel like I actually enjoy horror movies that are rated PG-13 more than those that are rated R. I know exactly where you're starting to go with this. Right. 
So the thing is, is that PG-13 can't rely on gruesome gore. The torture porn. Yes. They have to go more for... And this is why... So speaking of more modern horror movies, I actually really like the first Saw movie. The f- yeah, the very first one. The first one was really, really fucking good. Because yes, it had some gruesome scenes in it, but they maintained the shock factor because they weren't everywhere in the franchise. Mm-hmm. But like when the one dude gets shotgunned in the neck and the head, that's one of the scenes when the doctor cuts off his fucking foot. Yep. That's Oof. another scene. And then and you see a couple of the traps go off in the movie or you see their aftermath. But it doesn't like... It it's, doesn't get too deep. It doesn't right. try it, to... It doesn't get too Rube Goldberg. <laughs> Oh my gosh, like, like the really, further Saw movies get Because that's that's the thing is like when you look at it and it's like, oh, the, you know, this dude chopped his own foot off because he was just trapped in a bathroom. Right. Shackled to this pipe that he couldn't get off. Because of the other guy let the key go down the fucking drain. Exactly. And it's like, this is an act of desperation. This right. This is it's like real. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's like, and Which, it evokes that when it, you see this guy do of, this, it's like... Okay. It's funny, though, because, right, he's like, oh, if you cut your foot off and crawl out of this room, you'll get to live. Well, that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy didn't spring up and put a tourniquet on the poor bastard. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got free. Where's my end of the fucking deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, so that that's kind of, in my opinion, where horror movies dropped off is, like, the post-saw, like... So you're kind of starting to see a renaissance, though. Like a lot it's of it's coming back. Yeah. Yes. Like John Krasinski's A Quiet Place One and Two. Yes. Uh, I think Those are Bird Box that? is that the one on Netflix? Yeah. That one's supposed to be really good. I haven't watched it. I kind of want to because they. It's like more of a thriller. Though. Yes, but they mm. never show the monster because they're like it's. That's not. so important. Don't, it depends don't show on your that monster, monster. Mm-hmm. because. In Alien, you have to show the monster eventually. Oh, Otherwise, right. there's no payoff. Yep. So it's one of those things, right? Where you have to build the tension. The face hugger is the first piece of the monster, and we see it grow and evolve. And then eventually, it's this big, almost unkillable machine. Yes. Whereas something like Bird Box, it plays on your senses because your characters can't see because that's how it kills you. A quiet place is you can't speak. So they all know sign language and everything. That That is a sick concept, yeah. So yeah. here's the other one, though. Lights Out. It originally was this little, I think it's like 12 to 15 minutes on YouTube. If you haven't watched it, highly recommend it. They made like a two-hour feature-length film that did really well for an indie horror. But the original concept is, is it's just this lady and like she's getting ready to go to bed. She's brushing her teeth in the bathroom and she turns off the hall light. She sees a figure standing at the end of the hallway. I've seen this yes. one. Holy you know what I'm fuck. talking about. So my favorite thing is, is that in Lights Out, the actual full-length full, le- full length feature film, they got the actor from the YouTube short. Oh. And she's there in the beginning, yes, and the lights go off in like this warehouse, and she sees the figure, and she waves, and the lights come back on, and she just leaves. She's like, I'm not doing this shit again. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. That's so amazing. there's like this nice little Easter egg at the beginning of it. So... You can turn horror into a longer thing, but you have to play very carefully with showing your monster. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big problems with... So Saw did very well. They did not show their killer, their actual killer, 
until the very end, after the doctor cuts his foot off and crawls out, the dude who has been dead in the bathroom gets up and is like, you had your chance, closes the door, locks it, that dude starves to death in there. Because in Saw 2, the cop goes back and it's that same fucking bathroom. Yep. Mm. Which Saw 2 was actually still okay. Saw 3 is where it starts really getting yeah. bad. <laughs> After Saw 3, yeah. yeah. So they tried to start that series back up with Spiral. Yes. And that... Um, I haven't seen it. How so. did that turn out? Okay, so casting-wise... I know it has Chris Rock in it. And Samuel L. Jackson plays his father. Uh-huh. Questionable choices. <laughs> That's hard to... It's hard to sell them as characters that are... Be, as, so as actors, they have never played characters that have ever been in a... Um, they don't have the upper hand or there's no way that they're making mm-hmm. a move to get forward on something. Right. Oh, that, how can you let? How can you let? The, I don't know. As actors, that, I don't think that they would, they could sell, and they didn't. And that's a, that's a <laughs> so big deal. Good. Like it's not good. a lot of people don't realize because they they cast for star power, but at the same time, you have to suspend, suspend, suspend. Okay, okay. Reality. So just to bring back George A. Romero, he actually did not like casting top-of-the-line actors. He wanted to give lesser-known names their spot. Yep. Like, That's, like, the best way to do it. Because you remember that? What, what was that one where Daniel Craig was, like... Oh, my gosh. It was right off the right off the ass of Casino Royale. That's what I'm saying. And Daniel Craig is in a horror movie. Yeah. This really? Man 007? He fucking yeah, kicked he, that ghost. He played James Bond. He was no less jacked than he was Isn't in he James Bond. he still technically James Bond? He is. He's still currently James Bond. And it's like, yep. you, you expect me for any moment to believe that this guy can't handle himself at any you other You fucking situation. kick that ghost. You pull out a silence pistol and blow its fucking <laughs> Right. Out. See, so the thing is, is that you would have to take that and put it in Predator or Alien for that to work. Yeah. Because and even still, you're not gonna you're not gonna believe that he doesn't have the upper hand. He's, he's gonna be the predator? one that survives at the end. He beat that ass. Okay, okay. <laughs> so there's actually I've read like a very solid theory on how the Predator and Alien movie like sort of encompass the idea of toxic femininity and toxic masculinity. This is a very interesting read. I'll have to see if I can find the huh. article for you guys. Okay, so generally everyone in Dutch's unit in Predator is just these big, beefy, brawling, just manly men. Think about how Dutch survives, though. He runs away. He hides. He plans. He does the mud thing. Yes. Ah. So he does all this stuff that is seen as cowardly or weak or... I don't want to come off as sounding misogynistic in this. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? This is not... Demure. Yes, it's not... The article goes into it better than I'm articulating here. Mm. But it's basically he's learning that the traits of his friends who are all gung-ho, like, I'm going to go find this. Because remember, Carl Weathers is his friend who survives the longest. Mm. But he tries to go head-to-head with Predator and dies. Right. So all these guys act like macho men and fucking die. Whereas... Dutch ends up acting more demure, more feminine. I'm using air quotes here. But he takes his time. He thinks. He runs away. He doesn't just gun in there. So he kills Predator by adapting all of what his friends have died to and using it against them. 
Ah. That's now alien is actually the opposite. Sigourney Weaver, I don't. Ellen Ripley. There we go. Yeah, Uh, boy. She survives because she actually is the one that doesn't act afraid. She goes the very like predator gung ho masculine route. Because remember, everybody else ends up like being afraid or scared. And is like retracting into themselves, except for the android, but that's a fucking robot. <laughs> but he doesn't have emotions. Yeah, it can't He's be. A <laughs> but <clears throat> Dallas is one of the people, the captain. He's one of the middle people to die because he's the fourth person less left alive. But he gets killed in the vents because he didn't just go for it. He didn't use the flamethrower. And that's right. what kills him. Ellen shows none of that fucking hesitation or anything. That's fucking crazy. Right. And this <laughs> is where it's kind of interesting because you have Dutch has to take traits that have worked because him and his group are elite commandos. They've rushed in on all these fucking like yeah, they've drug kicked, gangs yeah, and stuff kicked and ass. kicked their ass yeah. like that. He can't do that against Predator. Ellen Ripley, she can't hesitate. That's how the one guy gets the face hugger. Yeah, she can't. She can't plan. She can't be. She just oh. had to act. Yo, that's a little bit fucking. The cool. story behind the story. Yeah, that's bro. crazy. And when you look at the first two movies in parallel like that, it kind of creates a very interesting like mind game effect to it. That's and then, and then in Alien vs Predator. They shaky cam. They shaky cam beat each other's ass. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Alien vs Predator wasn't good, but I, that kind of makes sense why they kind of not are they yeah, just they two be- different iconic series, but ideologically, yes. they've crossed over so That's many times. Crazy. That's really fucking sick. I'm impressed. By that. That's crazy. All right, man. I'll have to see if I can find those articles because they're really good reads. Yeah, I, I definitely if you. Find it and send it to me because I want I want to see this. So let's talk about um, we're gonna talk about individual like an individual movie that kind of stands out. Hmm. I have a movie that when I first watched it, like I dead ass could not sleep after it, and. Uh, <laughs> This was kind of like the last movie that's ever done that to me. Like as a, like when you're a real little kid and you watch horror movies, um, everything scares living shit out of you, right? But this one in particular, and this was like in my early teens. Okay, so I watched thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, man, yeah, I might have been like fourteen or something. Thirteen, fourteens, early teens. Right. So twenty eight days later. Okay. Okay. Right? Oh. Okay. So this. Like that one. Yeah, so... Um, you mean the I, movie that allowed George A. Romero to start making zombie movies again because he took a break in the 90s from those? Yeah. So, he... Well, um, <laughs> Danny... of the Dead, Diary so, of the Dead. So, Danny Boyle, um, who, who uh, directed this movie, he was obviously heavily inspired by Romero. Uh, so, he... I'm trying to think... Um, he did Slumdog Millionaire, uh, the Steve Jobs movie. He did Yesterday, which was like a, it was like a weird isekai type situation where the dude oh God, no. 
ends up in a in, in a uh, we're talking about East Sky in a horror. Episode. He worked up. He, he woke up in a world where the Beatles didn't exist, and he wrote Pretty all their songs. The uh, he he like because he knew he remembered the song, so he kind of became famous creating the Beatles songs. Right. It's an interesting flick. Okay. Um, anywho, we're talking about the horror movie. Twenty eight days later. Um, so this movie is still, um, it still holds up as one of the best, uh, zombie movies. Mm. To be fair, it's like the first one I can think of that really had the fast zombie. Yeah. Um, which I, kind of gave birth to like left for dead. Yeah. And, stuff. It, and it, it really changed. It, it did. It was a, it was kind of a big game changer as far as, uh, of how that how that all worked. L- you know? Little side note before you continue, I do believe that the Walking Dead TV show beginning was probably inspired by Twenty Eight Days Later. Was, that's yo, that's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the main character wakes up from a coma. Yes. he was a he's a courier. He got hit by a, a no, car. he was a cop. No, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about Walking oh, Dead. Oh, okay. You're talking about 28, <laughs> 28 days. days. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought we were still on Walking Dead. Share the similarities. You, you right. can compare yeah. them. <laughs> so, um, just as a little thing, it was produced on an $8 million budget. That shit grossed $82 million. And, uh, that man was it, happy. It, yo, it actually got a, a boost um, during the pandemic. For some reason, like that movie hit good during the pandemic. Wait, like the COVID pandemic, the West yeah. Nile virus pandemic. Come on, dog. <laughs> Come on, dog. It's 2022. What you think? <laughs> okay, but like he's like there's many came out in what 2002. Yeah. So, so no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, West, West Nile virus was a thing. Back I'm then. not talking about Zika, <laughs> swine flu, avian flu. No, there's bird no. flu was the fucking thing when this movie came out. Why do you know all history? <laughs> No, but I'm just trying to say that nobody called those the pandemic. Come on. At the time, they did. I I think it's a timing thing. I do agree with that. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Okay, so how about this? Uh, Because that's the thing. Aren't the zombies in that movie because of a flu? Yeah, so it was called the the rage virus. And it was discovered in chimps. And uh, so, like... I always laugh about the the beginning of this movie because it was brought about because of animal rights activists, and <laughs> they went <laughs> they went into a testing facility that these monkeys were infected with a virus. Yes, and they were like these monkeys deserve to be free, and they opened up all the cages, and then the monkeys started fucking people up, yeah. and then it created the pan. So it's the, the plot of Planet of the Apes. The uh, yeah, it was like um, except of- they didn't get smart; they got zombies. They got mad. Um, <laughs> get smart, called- get zombie. <laughs> well, I mean, there's one of two ways you can go: brain big, brain dead. Yeah, right. So I love that. So, um, fun fact. This is one of the breakout roles to Crimson's man crush, Killian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just deny that? Though? No, never. I will never. <laughs> um, he so, inspires everything I do. <laughs> so Boyle. Blinders, watch it. <laughs> so Boyle chose these relatively no-name actors in Ramiro style. Yeah, it, uh-huh. it was basically it was rem- 
the Ramiro revival. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and that movie, the way it was shot. It fucked you up. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking no, that's... insane. That movie was, and it's still really fucking good. Okay, but to yeah. go back to the whole thing that it's a virus and chimpanzees, that tracks way more with swine flu and avian flu. Come on, dog. <laughs> I'm not talking about real world Now, now, now hold on. I hold on. I do want to throw it out there that that movie did originally have an Everybody Dies ending. It did. Yep, yep. The original, the original ending of that was supposed to be nobody survived, yeah. and it was just very dramatic and sad. And they changed it because that didn't test well with the people. No, because that movie hit so hard the whole, the whole way. Okay, yeah. So you know and what that kind of reminds me of I Am Legend with Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. They Which, they changed that. They changed that. Well, they have two endings. Two. They have the one where he's just like. Get in here. Here's the cure, and he takes a hand grenade out and just charges the dude and kills all the dark stalkers or whatever the fuck they are, and himself. And <laughs> it's the woman and her son left. And then there's the other ending where it's he lets the guy's mate go, and they just leave. And then him and the woman and her son go to the settlement in Vermont. See, now here's the thing. I will say this, though. As far as, like, in, impactful ending, I feel like they, they, they made the right choice with I Am Legend because, like... Well, which ending are you going with as canon, though? Well, that's tough because I do know they're making a sequel, if I remember correctly. It's Will Smith in it. I think Will Smith then is that, in that it. That would seem to belie that the ending where he gives back the guy's mate is the is canon. Ending. Ending. Is ending for that's that what I'm saying because here's the thing. It is gut-wrenching and right. sad and just... Because when you think about horror, right? One of the biggest aspects of horror is, is that visceral reaction yes reality nothing always works out perfectly you know what i'm saying I, but like back to uh back to 28 days later i think that weirdly enough fucking Shaun of the dead <laughs> i think that weirdly that was, enough, that was a perfect happy <laughs> the happy ending works right because in a way it really pre preempted the entirety of the walking dead's shtick was, you know, uh, fight the dead, fear the living. Right. That was the walking dead's. I'm not on drugs. They did a remake of day of the dead that had David Arquette in it. Didn't they? Cause they get on a boat and they go to an Island cause that's supposed to be the safe place, but it's already full of fucking zombies. Yeah. Oh, yep. That was the one that I watched. That was what got me into the of yeah, the dead. Series. Yeah, yeah, oh. that because yeah, I remember and it that one. No, not the nineteen ninety chill dog. Night of the Living Dead remake. Are we thinking about two different films here? <laughs> I'm talking about a remake of Day of the Dead with David Arquette in it. Because they're no in David a, Arquette was in. Is that Land of the Dead? No, it's. <laughs> no, We've discovered something. <laughs> we what? had the wrong entry point, I think. <laughs> Fucking chill. I'm gonna. Have, 
Oh, gosh. What, we're going to have to retroactively. Years of me. academy training wasted. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that, but that was my that was my movie that it still sticks with me. I think it still it still checks hard. Um, yeah, I don't think for me it gets better than Twenty Eight Days Later. The sequel fucking sucked. Yeah, Twenty Eight Weeks. But yeah. that I do want to say this real quick before we continue. That's why I don't think the happy ending works. Because the sad ending, they probably wouldn't have made a sequel. <laughs> they no, probably that probably would have been the end of no, that. Because the, I know it's not directly related, but I'm just saying that. But think about every zombie mythos. Twenty eight days is about as long as it takes for them to starve. Okay. When when Jim, the main character, wakes up. Oh, see, I I always get real fucking weary about saying the actual name of the characters because I'm I think it is Jim um I mean it's a generic enough name that you're probably right (laughs) so when he wakes up Coral things are (laughs) things are really bad and like like for instance the army guys Mm. they have given up all hope that the world exists and that's why they're you know, sending out this broadcast and they're trying to like kidnap women and force them into sex slavery and all this crazy fucking shit because they dealt with (laughs) almost 30 days of absolute fucking balls out horror and 360 degree combat every fucking day. That's funny because that actually reminds me a lot of the plot of uh, Diary of the Dead. So when he, (laughs) so when they break loose, the reality is they were on the cusp of it just being over so the happy ending checks a hundred percent the problem is is that all argument. it takes is one person to be stupid one zombie to get stuck in ice anything like that oh come on <laughs> i mean all right so here's here's what i'm gonna say so i've had a a recent run-in so my my little uh personal experience of the horror i'm going to take in the route of very bad movies, right? Velocipaster? So, <laughs> we're not going to go with Velocipaster. I feel like that, that's, that's an obvious choice. Um, so here's the thing. The horror space, I feel like, is the most polluted with terrible movies. Right. I would agree. Because I feel like a lot of people think it's the easy way out. Now, recently, this might be a bit insulting because Eli Roth is a name in horror, right? You can recognize that name. Yes. Yeah. Though it might not be... Oh wow, Eli Roth, he's got all these amazing movies. It's a recognizable name in horror, right? And a little bit of that M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. That, it's of... kind of that effect, you know? So he's the M. Night Shyamalan of horror. I love that. Yo, that's <laughs> that's like the most that accurate is, description of me. That is somehow the most fucking insulting <laughs> thing I've ever heard. You're the, you're the fucking M. Night Shyamalan of horror. I love it. Okay, okay. Oh. So I recently watched, probably within the last couple months, I watched The Green Inferno. The fuck is Yo, that? Yo, that sounds so bad. So it, it is as bad as it sounds. So it is on Netflix, which if you want to find a bad horror movie, pick Netflix. almost anything on Netflix. Okay, Netflix, <laughs> not to like steal too much time from you. There's this thing called Ghosts of Sherwood that has like zombie Robin Hood. My wife and I did a challenge to see how far in we could get in it. In about five minutes. And then we skipped to the end and everyone was dead. So Sweet. yeah, we saved about two hours of time. So <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, 
the the thing about this movie, right? So speaking of activists, um, basically the the idea of the movie is that there's a schoolgirl who falls in love with a fellow school dude who happens to be in a group of activists, right? <laughs> and they're they're like the social kind of economical activists who, you know, there's this tribe and they're building all this, you know, modern day society where these tribes live and we have to go fight against it, right? And he's kind of an extremist. He's a little on the edge. So he's like, you know, we're, we're going to travel there and we're going to physically get in the way. We're going to tie ourselves to trees and like literally to that extent where they're okay. like, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to. Now, the thing about this tribe, right? They're cannibals. So, and they, they tell you about the tribe at the start of the movie because right. in the school, they're learning about this tribe. Okay. They're cannibals and there just happens to be a whole lot of genital mutilation that goes on. What? Yeah. So here's the thing. Well, that escalated quickly. Yeah. It really does. So they, they take virgin women. I can't remember exactly why they do it because this movie was not like female circumcision or some shit. It's pretty much that they, they find, they find virgin women. And for some reason, as soon as they find a virgin woman, they freak out and they say, let's go chop up. Pay late a man's their, a sacrifice. Yeah, everybody else just gets cut up and eaten. <laughs> but uh. if it's a virgin female, genital mutilation, right? So here's the thing. No, I think that that's actually fucking horrifying. It, it, it is. The concept is horrifying. Now, here's the thing. Actors can make and break any film, but especially... Especially writing is important. Writing is definitely important, but here's the thing: good actors can take a lot of really subpar stuff and make it amazing. Right? Okay, so but here's my counter to that: you can have a mediocre actor if you give them great writing, they're a great fucking actor. They yes, they could be inspired. I I do agree there. That was not what happened. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so here's the thing, right? So you kind of know the the kind of camp and cheese that comes with it's kind Shitty of like horror movies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, evil dead. Now here's the thing. Evil dead is a cult classic, right? Yeah. Yes. Nobody can look at evil dead and say that the acting was good. Yep. Bruce <laughs> so, Campbell was good. I love Bruce Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. army okay, of okay. darkness is probably my favorite. Of yes. Oh, yes. It, so, it, so it evolves into something, right? So this is the problem with this movie, right? It's a horrifying concept. Yeah. But it's not executed or tech at all because we have some of the most terrible actors and actresses I have seen in film recently to the point where like you remember like the old kind of like, oh, like Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil where yeah, the, like, the intro FMV. Yeah. It's like that level of acting. You haven't, have you seen that? I, for the PlayStation 1, you need yeah, to watch I've, that. I've, that's I've that's some it. horror gold I have seen it. As far as being bad. So so when we're Wait, talking that's about... That's so bad, it's good. Yes. This is not. It's, yeah. it's it, bad it, and just goes down. Because Yeah, exactly. Because take a concept that is so horrifying as that, right? If you don't have good actors to convey the fact that it is indeed gut-wrenching and horrifying, it now becomes this weird, embarrassing, and pseudo-creepy... like creepy. Kind Uncanny of, Valley. Yeah, exactly. Because now it's like you, you see random naked women and it's like, 
Everything's about vaginas. So this is a horror movie. (laughs) This is literally a porno horror movie. It is a. This is a porno horror movie, borderline, and it's like, so yeah, it becomes very, very awkward, and it all starts out really nice. Like, like I said, they're all tied to trees. Whatever. Yeah. These people are coming to. Starts out very nice. They're all tied to trees. (laughs) What? Wait, 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 wait. boss. boss. you, You said this was called the Green Inferno. Yes. Right. You said that, and I actually got more images of like St. Elmo's fire in Tierra del Fuego down at the fucking end of South America. I was thinking like Maleficent breathing fire. So, and this just, um, yeah, well, very so, like Flying Dutchman, like pirate sea whore was where I was going. Well, that's not why, tribal cannibalistic genital mutilation, this, bad acting. This is why I was surprised by what I've seen because word, I word. didn't expect the Green Inferno. I'm surprised too. Yeah, yeah. I, it shocked the shit is out of me. Is it because man. it's like it's a tribe of cannibals in a forest? Is that why it's maybe, the Green Inferno? Maybe it was supposed to be like. Was there fire at all? No, oh. there was no fire. They didn't. I mean, they cooked people, but like okay. that's. I mean, but that's not really a part of the Soylent Greens. Is that the metaphor? Like, here? I, 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 I wonder where the idea for the Green Inferno came from. Now, I mean, to summarize it, like. It was you've a fa- already done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I summarized it pretty well, right? But to summarize my thoughts, it was a decent concept for something that could have been horrifying, even though I'm not really much a fan of the body horror stuff. Right. You know, it is a very scary concept to think about that you traveled to this location for this great reason. And the people who you were sitting there and like, Trying to protect. Yeah. No, turn dude, around that, and... That shit fucking has happened a lot in human it, history. That happened recently. But I think that's kind of it. Like we were talking oh. about earlier where it's like... You don't the, think they were trying to capitalize on that like one like missionary who went to that one island and got killed and eaten by the locals, do you? That would be... That's just long. That's on the nose. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that's like just hearing that plot that's very... Uh, it, it, yeah. It, yeah. That was very recent. Like, how old is this movie? No, it's it's new-ish. I, think so, it, I want to say 2019, I think That it was. sounds about right for that timeline. So, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, and, that's a big ooh. <laughs> ooh. So, like, yeah. Wow. But, yeah, no, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about where... Reality is oftentimes one of the most horrifying things, right? So if you take something that's derivative of something that has actually happened, it can be significantly scarier if you do not execute it well. If you're not a fucking pervert like fucking Eli Roth. Yeah, I I truly believe that there's a... That guy's like fucking pervert. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's the M. Night Shyamalan of horror. Yep. (laughs) Okay, so... You know what? If I had to actually pick one, I'm going to pick the original Alien. Okay. Yeah, okay. Ball, let's go. 1979. I looked it up. So it was after the first Star Wars because that was 77. But it's in that same time frame. Now, I fucking love sci-fi. Yes. I love sci-fi horror. I fucking love sci-fi. Because it's very interesting to see what could be. I'm a big Star Wars and Star Trek fan. Yeah, guess what, people? You can like both. <laughs> Get yourself a Dune. Bl- both. Get yourself a Chrono Warden. <laughs> I'm already married, so fuck. <laughs> Too late. He's off the market. But, like, 
so like I, we were talking about, practical effects hold up better over time. And it's just like, so that movie is literally 43 years old now, almost. Actually, it is. It's past it because it was May 25th, 1979. Wow. So (laughs) 40 years later, granted, I wasn't alive when the movie came out. Like I said earlier in this episode, I'm 30. So this movie's fucking 14 years older than me, roughly. But it gets into, it's really 13, but. Anyway, (laughs) it's one of those things where it's an exploration of we get to all this like weird shit. Just if you've never really like studied any kind of space shit, astronomy is fascinating. And alien kind of plays on our fear of the abyss, right? Ocean stuff does this too. Oh, But space is interesting because you don't necessarily have to obey the rules of Earth. If you make an ocean horror movie, it's got to at least... You're either going to end up... There's there's been been enough motherfuckers in pools to know how water works. But not only that, it's either you end up with some like 20,000 leagues under the sea bullshit, or you have to follow the laws of Earth. Right. And yeah, Jaws is a good horror movie, though. It, That's it a is. very good movie. It is. It the is. later movies, not so much. But <laughs> what about Sharknado? Right? <laughs> it evolved. <laughs> it evolved. But Tremors is another interesting one. Ooh. Not good necessarily. I like the Tremors movies. Yes. I would not say anything after the first one is good. Yes. Yes. They, they did switch focus, though. I they will did. say that little side note again. That uh, once they realized that they couldn't really keep up with everything else as far as horror goes, they switched focus to a more like horror co- comedy kind of thing. Yes. So it's kind of, They've that, evolved. That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, horror comedy works, though. Look at Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is still one of my favorite movies. That is a fantastic <laughs> movie. <laughs> Two But Alien itself, yeah, even yeah. Tremors. <laughs> we should just watch that movie. We should, we should definitely I'm down. <laughs> Tremors, though, kind of, even though they're an alien-esque creature, they still use, like, things that we have seen from creatures on Earth. Mm-hmm. Right. They have, like, their weird echolocation, their heat vision. There are things that track by heat. Kind of mosquitoes. Fuckers. But, <laughs> yeah, mosquitoes are the most pointless thing on this planet. <laughs> Male nipples is, like, a close second. <laughs> Uh, I might give you a little bit of body horror here, but you can lactate. That's right. They Desperate can times go for desperate measures. No. <laughs> it Fuck is possible off. for those to work. Yeah. It's just going to be a hairy mouthful, but. <laughs> if, if you got to be mama. <laughs> Oof, there is no mama. Oof, there is no mama. And they're like, there's hair in it. My God, there's hair. That is such a weird episode of Family Guy. Uh, um. But anyway, back to Alien. So the xenomorphs, right? The way they reproduce is horrifying. Just from the start, uh, John Hurt's character is looking over the fucking thing. It opens up and just attaches itself through his fucking uh, space mask. Now here's the thing, right? Those suits have to be pressurized to maintain oxygen for a person. They have to maintain something for you. 
So the fact that this thing is going through plexiglass, which should be fairly thick, because again, it has to keep your fleshy, bulbous head intact and safe. <laughs> Don't talk about my fucking head like that, man. <laughs> and this thing just goes through it and shoves a tentacle down your throat and Oof. spits a thing into your stomach. Uh. And then that just... <laughs> so, to go into how the aliens actually, like, what they do is, is they pull DNA from whatever they're in. That's why in AVP, it's a different looking xenomorph at the end of the movie. Because it has predator DNA, not human. I didn't... Is it bad that I didn't know? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yep. So, basically, the reason the xenomorphs look like they do is because they're all human-based xenomorphs right. in the original movies. But what ends up happening is, is that they... So, it takes your DNA, and then once it grows large enough, it bursts out of your chest. And, like, Wayland yutani the entire time knows what's going on, which, surprise, surprise, corporations are evil... <laughs> but they end up going for like it bursts out of your chest and then it's in the fucking vents because it's like any tools they try to use to take the face hugger off it burns it with fucking acid and it's like fucking hardcore acid yeah as we know from D&D &D, though they should have got sand <laughs> yo <laughs> yeah. D&D &D teaches everything about our lives right now. <laughs> but, so, just the idea that you could go out and explore space, and there could be something like that. Because truth be told, that's kind of one of the good things about something that we don't fully understand, is you that... You can play with it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, right? The universe is unfathomably large. Yep. You have to remember, as the furthest back we can view is roughly 13.7 billion years because that's how long it takes that light to reach us. So a light year is distance. Didn't know that. <laughs> to give you an idea, so there's, it's possible that there's stuff beyond that, but that's just what we can see because okay. that's what's reached us. A light year measures distance and it's roughly 6 trillion miles per light year. So the closest star to us that's not Sol, our sun, is Alpha Centauri. It's four light years. It's like 4.4, but that's 24 trillion miles. Voyager 1 launched in 1977, I think. It just cleared the outer reaches of our solar system a couple years ago. And it's been traveling for almost 50 years, going at like 60,000 miles an hour. Which... That's incredibly fast when you, when you think about it. Um, yeah. But light yeah. travels at 186,000 miles a second. Why the fuck are you putting this on me, bro? <laughs> because that's the fathomability of sci-fi. That's why it's so much fun to play with. Yeah. Because sci-fi gives you avenues. So H.R. Geiger is the work that heavily inspired Alien. Right. That's why all that stuff looks like it does. Mm. And the lighting is the way it is and everything. Is because they wanted to capture that horribly alien feeling. And it does it really well. Yeah. 
and I weirdly enough, I feel like that was the first and only like series that really captured how scary like alien shit can be. Because like I Predator does an okay job as well, but that's established. But it's very earthly. Yes. Yeah. Because that's because the Predators come to Earth to challenge Earth warriors because that's their whole thing. And, but, and but they, we- they're op- weaponized. They're they hunt- operate in a very Earth Militaristic. Yeah. yeah. They bust it. I mean, they just all they, they just do had is, better tact. Yeah. They, they kick ass. They just have better weapons. Which is kind of interesting because with what you just said, it makes me wonder why there isn't better sci-fi horror films. Because... It's very easy to go too far. Have you ever played Dead Space? It's a good one. I have not. Oh, I have Dead Space the, the, the first, first one. Yeah. Yes. Before they decided, the second one isn't bad, but Third before one, they decided to go no. actiony. Yeah. Dead Space One, where you're just a fucking engineer who has a fucking effectively a staple guy. Oh, I love that game. Oh I love that game. It's good, <laughs> but I'll fuck. admit I'm too much of a bitch to play that game. I hit my microphone. Dude, we have to play that game. I couldn't. I couldn't deal. Like it was me and Crimson, um, literally sitting like within three inches of each other, <laughs> and every time I moved the fucking mouse, it was just ah! yeah, dude, right because ah! there's shit that plays dead that. If you walk by it, it gets up and just fucking kills oh, you. Yeah. It's yeah. so and all the fucking monsters are so fucking. They were so yeah, They're they were so well, weird and alien. Yeah. You got the zero G section. Like I've watched playthroughs of the game. Yeah. And the way like the way that it fucks with your mind before yes. it turns uh, you into a fucking necromorph. Yeah, because and that's the biggest thing is like if you are going to show your creature, right? You have to give it this. I can't really understand what I'm looking at. So here's the thing. Not That's that, why H.P. Uh, Lovecraft works. Yep. Yes, yes. And I feel like like if you look at That's any cosmic, good, yeah. If if you look at any good monster design, it's something Lovecraft esque. Okay. It's, so there is another effective human or uh, effective monster design, and that's the very humanoid, because that gets into the uncanny valley situation of like. Because here's the thing, right? Like, so human, but not. Uh. Right. There's an actual... Because here's the thing, right? We all sort of have that uncanny valley fear. It's almost like an instinctual thing. Mm. Where we look at something that's too human. And it just wigs us out. Yeah, Uh. we look at the game too human. Uh. And it makes us fucking... (laughs) That game is bad. (laughs) But here's the thing, right? Damn it. It goes into... (laughs) Like, what in our ancestry did we face as homo sapiens that made us go, if it looks too much Stop. like us, why Stop. are we afraid of it? <laughs> We're all sitting here looking around the table like, oh. <laughs> There's an actual thing called imposter syndrome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, now, now I'm going to doubt everybody who I come in contact with. Well, so there's an actual thing where it's like there are people who, like, if you're, they're talking on the phone to their loved ones, they'll believe it's them. But if they see them, they're like, no. That's a fucking imposter. There's actually a really good episode of Criminal Minds that goes into this because it's like a veteran. I Stop like Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. Uh, I like that. I and like he that show. has this. He has this disorder because, mm-hmm. like, he ends up killing his parents because they're holding his child hostage, and he's like about to kill his wife and kid, but they talk him down, 
and everything. And they have to fucking lock him up because he's a danger to anyone he knows. That's so bad because I love that show, but I don't think I've seen that episode. So it, I guess it kind of goes to show that like freak people out with very human or, or so yes. far out there, you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the funny thing, right? To go back to Alien, <clears throat> the xenomorphs kind of fall in the middle there, though. It's a bipedal creature, so it's humanoid. But it's got the extra fucking mouth. It's got the tail. It's that weird that bulbous head. head. Yeah. So it takes both elements. Yeah, because it, it's almost... And it's like a, a weird kind of amalgam, because if you look at it, it's like... It's humanoid, it's animalistic, it's like insectoid in right. a sense. Right, it crawls it's on like, all fours. Yo, it kind of gets all of it, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, so, horror we're scared, movies We're that, scared of bugs, we're yeah. scared of animals. Yeah. Horror movies that use insects oh. either end up being very good or very bad. Arachnophobia. Yeah. Very <laughs> bad. <laughs> when I was a kid, I fucking scared I, the shit out of me. Yeah. I was scared of spiders, but. Right. Watch well, it now, it's a whole different story. Well, so that's the funny thing, right? If like, so just to speak on like horror situations in other media or kind of in general, like if, so speaking on sci-fi, the Mass Effect trilogy is one of my favorites, right? Yep. Mass Effect is so good. And Mass Effect 3 actually made me want a Dead Space style Mass Effect game. Think about the husks. They are both very alien and very humanoid at the same uh-huh. time. Like, uh-huh. I remember the first game where they were like stabbing. Yes, people. where the Geth on uh-huh. Eden Prime. That's a very good example. Mass Effect played very well with this because you go up there and the spikes start coming down, and these are people. They have like robotic parts and they can electrocute you, and they're fucking full on zombie running at you. Now, one of my favorite missions in Mass Effect 3 is when you go to the Ardot Yakshi Monastery. You haven't fought a Banshee yet. You don't know what these are. So you go to this monastery and you just hear these unearthly shrieks as you're going down broken elevator shafts on ladders. And you're using a flashlight in a lot of the early part of this. And the tension there was so good. And it made me want a Dead Space style. Because here's the thing, right? Commander Shepard is a fucking badass. (laughs) Certified, you have killed a fucking giant (laughs) spaceship at this point and made it to the center of the galaxy and you didn't get sucked into a black hole. I wanted a game where you were fucking Joe Blow nobody with a fucking M7 Predator, M3 Predator, M3 Predator. And that was it. <laughs> that you, would you be... had no fucking armor, no shields. You could take out husks, maybe cannibals, maybe even a marauder. Brutes and fucking banshees would be tanks and witches from Left for Dead. They would Ooh. fuck you up. Ooh. And that was a game I wanted so bad. That would be that would just be based on that one mission. That was a whole game I theorized. Dude, that, that would be. Fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, if you want to buy that idea from us, uh, Bioware, EA Bioware, listen, um, just please don't make it weird and glitchy. <laughs> and uh, I'm breathing into the mic. This is scary. I do, I do want to throw this out there before we um, uh, kind of move on from this segment. 
that I do think the interesting concept, kind of talking on like something like arachnophobia, right? You were scared of it when you were a kid, but now you look back on it, it's like, what the fuck is this? Right? Laughable. So okay, okay, okay. But so we've all played Skyrim, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever just gone into a cave? You're sneaking. You don't step on any traps. Oh you don't activate God. anything. Stop. You turn around, and there's a fucking giant frostbite spider behind yeah, you. Yeah. Did you ever actually get scared by that? No, I absolutely. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. Now, or the fucking bears. Now, now here's here's the thing about that I've, I've kind of started to realize, right? When you're younger, you understand a whole lot less, right? You comprehend a whole lot less about, yeah. about what's going on around you. You've ran into significantly less spiders then when you're older, right, you've kind of gotten used to the act of spider appears, I kill spider, whatever. So by the time you're older, you give way less of a shit about it. But when you're a kid, no matter how campy and cheesy, that movie wasn't any less cheesy. Right. When you it was, were a kid. It was the same level of cheese. You perceived it differently, right? Well, your imagination's different when you're a kid. Exactly. But here's the thing. I realized horror is kind of about manipulation of perception. Yes. More than anything. Because even though you could sit there and say, like, a zombie in real life, if you saw a zombie right now, that'd be pretty fucking yeah, freaky, shit right? all of my pain. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That'd be fucking scary. But here's the thing. Even just through the countless zombie medias we've seen, it's no longer really that scary. Well, I mean, unless you know. it, like, starts Naruto running at you. <laughs> if, it, if it did that, I'm Gen like... Gen zombies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's what's locked in Area 51 now. They all actually went. There's just like all Gen, sudden, Z- all Gen sudden, Zombones. And they're all coming over the hill. <laughs> but uh, All Naruto running. Which also kind of plays into the fact of like, like you were saying earlier, um, Red King, when you were talking about not showing. Mm-hmm. Because the minute you show it, right, even when it comes to alien, right, you know what the, the alien generally looks like. Yes. Now. So if you've seen it before, there's no other alien movie after the first alien that's really going to affect you the same way that the first alien did. Aliens does a pretty good job, but that's far more combat horror. Right. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's kind of like if you look at the kind of genre shift of some of these movies they've kind of shifted a lot more heavily focused towards action and things like that than the actual horror aspect of it. And the twisted things that happen. Exactly, because you've you've now seen it. So you can't really, unless you're trying to scare a whole new generation of people, which, why would you make an alien sequel if you're trying to scare a whole new generation? You're trying to still cash in on the generation that you've already, that has already seen it. Right, right, right. So that... Anything after aliens is... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Prometheus. <laughs> Wait, we don't talk. About We're not gonna get into the fucking neomorphs over xenomorphs thing. <laughs> so that's you know that's something I've kind engineers. of found interesting is that you have to you have to know to play human psychology before you know how to make something just look kind of creepy. You right. know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's why sometimes suspense can be just as horrifying as horror because suspense has you sitting there, like you're sitting back in your chair tensed up because you really don't know what's going to happen. Right, right. And it could just be a person at the other end of this fucking corner here, but you just have no idea what's about well, to happen. Yeah, okay. your mind run, runs so wild. That's why Silence of the Lambs is such a good movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Ah, boy. Because <laughs> that's the thing, right? 
Hannibal Lecter is a very eloquently spoken human monster. Mm. Oh, wait. Are you a fucking eloquently spoken human monster? Maybe, bruv. <laughs> Maybe. But that's the thing, right? So that's just a disarm a lot, of, a lot of stuff is scarier. Yes, I'm the Uncanny Valley. <laughs> that's my... I am a Terminator. <laughs> Sick, bro. But here's the thing, right? So going back to what you said about both show, not showing and even when we're younger, our imaginations are better. The thing is, is that the world is kind of a shitty place. And as we get older, we realize it more. So it's harder to jolt us out of, you know, all of us know about <laughs> shit like the fucking genocides in Darfur, Rwanda, just the horrible shit that happened in the Sudan. Yeah. All this shit you start learning about as you get older. And it's real. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I think suspense and movies that play with man is the monster. That's why Frankenstein still resonates as a story, right? Mm -hmm. Cause ultimately Frankenstein's monster isn't trying to kill anyone. Not from the get go. It just wants its own life. And Victor Frankenstein is actually the monster in that story. That's a good point. That's actually a really good point. But those stories go into man's inhumanity to man. Oh shit. We've gone full circle. Yes, we have. Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's where I think suspense horror is better. Monster horror is good in the short term because it's one and done, right? There's not a lot that you can make sequels to. <clears throat> but when you play on human emotion or the suffering that we have seen our species inflict on our species, because here's the thing, right? Humans are really good at killing humans. Mm-hmm. It's probably the thing we're the best at as a species. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk and about that's scary kind of the well. ultimate horror, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's Agreed why there. Criminal Minds has so many creepy episodes that resonate, like the one dude who's a pig farmer. Oh. He uh, feeds his kills to his pigs. Yeah. There's the one guy where it's like, it's the special needs uncle who was in love with his brother's wife and ends up like acid burning their daughter and like almost... Uh, you know, raping yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. So horror as a genre is very interesting, but I think it's always best if it stays at the human level. And the next thing we're going to talk about is, uh, we've gone over the genre. We've gone over, we've gone over the movies that kind of hit. And uh, we already talked about how horror has kind of shifted to the faces. So let's talk about the faces. Uh, I've got, speaking of faces, I've got Leatherface. Okay. 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 Uh, so this one was kind of like, it was a little bit easy. Um but I think that the face movies kind of started for me with uh, Texas Chainsaw. And that I kind of, um, that was when I first, I caught my intro to the, to the Leatherface 
Mythos. And uh, that was where I first got my my experience with the face, the faces of horror. Right. Um, so Leatherface was, you know, the 70s era, the, the, the character, the character era of horror, uh, created by Kim Hinkle and Tom Hooper. <laughs> Kim now <laughs> the inspiration, cause a lot of the face characters got these inspos from like, um, real world, real world killers. Let's see if I can actually speak in English. I can do it. <laughs> we can um, manage it. We've been doing it. Real world heroes. <laughs> my <laughs> tongue turned to mush <laughs> in my mouth. That's uh, actual body horror. horror. Yeah, 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 body horror right there. <laughs> um, he was inspired by Ed Gein, right? Who actually did make masks and tried to fashion a woman's suit. Out of skin and made furniture, and it was like you know, real. It's real world. Furniture out of people. Yeah, like a lampshade. Art. And oh, life. yeah. Yep. Yep. So imagine you walk into somebody's house. So we did a full circle, and then we tried to bounce away from it, and then we came right back. To <laughs> that just fucking people are fucking horrible. At this point, it's just a bouncy ball. Yeah. Yeah. Just power So. The the origins of Leatherface kind of change. Obviously, when they first create these villains, they were kind of just more or less one-offs. They caught this massive cult following, and they, you have to you have to continue. So you have to make a, a Texas Chainsaw two. You have to make a, a Friday the Thirteenth two, or you know. Halloween. Or yes, yes. Pretty well, Nightmare on Elm Street. So they had to, they had to revise his uh, backstory, and Leatherface actually got three names. Okay. So, uh, originally named Bubba Sawyer. Yep. <laughs> uh, in Tom the, <laughs> so I had watched a two thousand three. Well, remake. I thought in the original right. 1970s it was Bubba Slaughter. Um, that might have been the nickname, but is Bubba Sawyer? As is, a, is the is the his, so his family name is Sawyer, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay, okay. In Texas Chainsaw 3D, because when they started making horror movies in 3D, <laughs> uh, how fucking terrible! Piranha 3D, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3D. Let's just roll. Beyond, yeah, yeah, we don't talk about three. Remember when they put porn stars in horror movies? I mean, Uh, yeah, that Green Inferno. (laughs) No, 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 like actual, like I know. You you Google them and yeah, yeah, and then you have to delete your browser history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So in Texas Chainsaw, the we'll talk about the 2003, which that was the one that I first watched. Texas Um, Chainsaw Massacre. Right, the two thousand three, right? The remake of the, the remake, first, movie. yeah. Um, he is That's Thomas. We're remaking movies every thirty fucking years. <laughs> Thomas Brown Hewitt. And then Chainsaw three D. He was Jedediah Sawyer. So Sawyer came back and yeah. became so Sawyer disappeared and then came back into the canon and then became the official canon where his name 
Maybe his first name changes, but he is a Sawyer. Uh, huh. So just quick tangent to this. They're coming out with a Texas Chainsaw Massacre asymmetrical horror game. Huh. It's going to be a 3v4. So there's Bubba and two of his family versus four survivors. Oh. So we're... Early next year. Because you guys have seen the uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space asym, right? No. No. What? Holy shit. It's like 4v7. I won't be playing it. (laughs) Yeah, because you're fucking terrified of clowns. Crimson's terrified of clowns. (laughs) Certain things are clown related. (laughs) Uh, So... So his, and like <laughs> squeaky noses, like, <laughs> and then boxes with people who have shipped themselves to you. <laughs> they just pop. Just <laughs> Twenty-seven people come out of a punch bug, all in clown card <laughs> and costume. <laughs> so the character's origin was kind of um, in the first movie ambiguous. It really just focused on how fucked up the things he was doing to people right, was, right, right, right. and it kind of. That was one of the um, villains, the horror movie characters that more or less stayed ambiguous. He started to um, accumulate these floating points in his character. Right. Um, one of the floating points <clears throat> was always like a birth defect or, mm. a, or a hereditary illness that causes like face tumors and he was right. bullied as a kid. Deformation, yeah. Always very fucking strong and a little bit mentally. <laughs> um, Poor Bubba. <laughs> so basically, if Lenny from Of Mice and Men didn't have George. <laughs> That's a- so George <laughs> saved him in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, the biggest way was... Anyways. Uh, (laughs) We'll just pop off off that topic. So, um... So, the cannibal butcher plotline was was a thing in the original. Um, It was, you know, it's just easy. It's like cannibals. Always scary. Butchers. Um... Always scary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's never a time where you see a guy lopping off a pig leg. <laughs> no, nah, he's normal. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's fine. Um, to all my local butchers <laughs> that give me delicious fine. steaks, um, yes, we love you. I don't hate you. I don't think you're fucking creepy. Um, so <laughs> Red King doesn't think you're Because <laughs> I love steak, and I, and I know a butcher. I really do. I don't want to fuck that. <laughs> Most of the time... I mean, most people are fine. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> so one of the uh, one of the plot lines. Uh, I wish I had actually written down the movie that it was from because there's a couple of them. Um, they played that he was a Korean POW. What? So he was John in the, McCain's ass. Well, John McCain he was, was <laughs> Vietnam. But. So they he was he was an American soldier that was. Uh, captured in Korea and uh-huh. learned cannibalism to survive mm-hmm. and came back and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> uh, um, That's kind of weird though. Cause like the whole point of Bubba is that he's kind of uh, special, not all there mentally and is like ridiculously strong. Yes. That's why he's like throwing a chainsaw around with one hand. Yeah. So in, in, I think He's always been like a country boy and then kind of strong and not too smart. Right. 
but I like the POW idea because it gives a real world uh, gravity. It's interesting, but like you said, Ed Gain was kind of the inspiration for the original. Yes. And, I mean, not to bring up another horrific topic, but, like, real-world human violence is really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Columbine, shit like that. That's, uh... So, yeah. (laughs) in, uh, In every version of Texas Chainsaw... He, he, his, I, his whole thing is that he also has, um, he has his family backing him up. Right. His family, um, loves, fears, kind of gets in with them. Right. You know, just the, the crazy shit. They're all kind of a little crazy in a way. Little mm. hills have eyes there. Um, uh, so... I've been I've been around. I've been to a couple of places. I've been to a couple of like, you know, you get a little bit more rural and it gets a little bit Yo, there's <laughs> a stretch of road from here to uh a certain town I'm not gonna name where it's like uh <laughs> my car breaks down here. I'm just <laughs> yeah, it's, it's either like, you, go... it's either you load up and, and just clip anybody who comes near your fucking shit, or you opt out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> so a couple of things that I that I liked about um, Leatherface, uh, I don't know. It's it's simple. The motherfucker's big. He's dumb. He's strong. He uh, he's got that chainsaw. And I have done as a kid nothing. Uh, physical work adjacent. <laughs> so, like, I'm in my adult years just kind of learning how to use a chainsaw. And, <laughs> like, I work construction, but chainsaws don't come up very often. Right. <laughs> and, um, so when I was, when I was younger, that was crazy to me. Right. And I remember, so the thing that jumped out to me that makes me want to talk about Leatherface is watching the 2003 remake and there was a scene where he catches the best I could equate him to was like Freddy from Scooby-Doo, the Freddy of that game. (laughs) And pulling him down into the basement and he is holding on to like you know, it's kind of like a root cellar, yeah. and he is holding onto the walls, and his fucking fingernails bend off. Oh, oh yeah, I and I was, that I was like, yeah. yeah. And then the stoner got his like shaggy, from, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shaggy. Of it was the group. A fucking every. It was. It was um, uh, Scooby. <laughs> they they met a real monster. Uh, <laughs> Leatherface cut his leg off. Oh yeah, and yeah. then it was fucking crazy to me. He cut his leg off. And then he packed the the stub with salt and wrapped it in butcher paper. Oof. And that scene fucked me all the way up. Oh, yeah. So that so yeah. that's really it. I mean, like, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of criticism to it. Like, how the hell are you gonna get your ass beat by somebody who's so big, so dumb, so slow? Hide he's around. Like, a- he's only gotta catch you once. Yeah, but I could fuck him up. You, you, <laughs> I wouldn't even need to prepare. I could hear the chainsaw be like, that's screwed up. Okay, what if he just leaves the chainsaw? 
No, he you can just, eat my ass, bro. I still this can eat. Like, <laughs> he's all, going he, to. He's like dumb, yeah. dumb, dumb, big and heavy and stupid. I'd fuck him up in real life, but <laughs> horror kind of. Or he punches you in the chest and your heart explodes. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, <laughs> but you I'm think you gone. got him and it's just one quick. God, how's he so big and so quick? <laughs> Hold that from exploding <laughs> in the air. Uh, so here's the thing. Here's. Because I, I, I put a lot of thought into this and kind of like going back into talking about uh, how Eli Roth is kind of a pervert. So perversion in horror movies seems to be a weird thing. It's synonymous, right? So I think perversion in horror movies, because horror movies are already a kind of a perversion in themselves. Mm-hmm. When you take human sexuality and add it in there, it creates... So much, so much fucking uh-huh. scary. Yes. So now let's talk about what I believe was the birth of human sexuality in horror movies, and that is Nightmare on Elm Street, and that is Freddy Krueger. Interesting. Because if you if you think about most of the victims of Freddy Krueger, there are a lot of college age, co-ed, very sexually active people. Who were caught in very compromising situations, you know, that, you know, now this guy's invading their, their nightmares. There is a sexy girl that he was always trying to get with. And now he's, you know, murdering them. And it's like Freddy Krueger to the point of almost meme status has been now synonymous with killing college age, very highly sexual people. (laughs) So... I do interpretation. I kind of believe and well whether I don't have any facts to back this, but I do you know, I think about um kind of the uh Freddy versus Jason kind of thing. You know. Where not a good movie by any means, but that was my first introduction to these two classic horror icons. Now, if you think about a lot of the times where Freddy was striking as opposed to when Jason was striking. There was a lot of sexually driven scenes in it, right? So it then becomes yeah. a yeah, it, it's, it becomes a bit weird, right? And then you, now you see things. You remember that show Scream Queens? Yeah, right. Yeah. Where it's like these all these girls are going out there to be to be the next Scream Queen, and then pretty much being hot was one of the categories. <laughs> so so yeah, I think that. Um, Maybe not to play too much on your point, but I got kind of this theory. I've always had this theory, and I work with a fucking kid who's really into horror stuff. And uh, the way he acts almost completely substantiates the way I think that um, horror has this element of, like, jealousy. Yeah. Uh So, like... These people who are making these movies, maybe they weren't super popular in in school. Maybe. And maybe they weren't catching, or they weren't, or rather they weren't pulling, like, they weren't really pulling anybody. They weren't yeah. pulling eights. Yeah. They might have gotten a five. They might have mm. gotten a hand. <laughs> well, that's a five. Ooh. I- oh! Ooh! Ooh! Nice. Okay. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so maybe, you know, you kill them, you know, all these fucking really like, 
you know, the dudes are always studs. Yeah. Girls are always hot. Yeah. Always going at it. And like, yeah. yeah. So maybe, yeah, I, I totally get that. Like, and, and I do believe that that, like, that's a strong component to the point where you can, you can look at pretty much any, especially the lower levels of horror. I will say it gets better. The more well-known the directors and actors and this, that, and the other thing are. But the lower levels of horror, I realize, almost always have a weirdly sexual aspect to it. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, there was that one where it was essentially like a STD. I can't remember the name oh, of it. I know exactly oh, uh, don't forget Teeth. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, right? And I, I think might actually be on Netflix. I yes. Watch, yes. I watch it on Netflix. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, and that that's kind of... You know, when I look at an iconic character such as, you know, my my character of choice, Freddy Krueger, I think that not only was it, like, iconic in, like, maybe stylization, maybe your way of dress, maybe way of killing, but also kind of, like, paving the way for this weird, like, I'm going to say living through you know in a way your horror character invention right you know living out your jealousies living out all this weird subversion of comfort and all that type of stuff i i do i i believe that freddy krueger would probably be you know the iconic role behind making that a standard in horror that's kind of interesting to interpret freddy that way though because like so when I was reading about George A. Romero, one of his big things is is like it's about the themes of his zombie movies overall is about the poor just trying to find somewhere where they're not just scraping by. Mm-hmm. And that's a big theme of his movies. It's like they just have to know how much power they actually wield. Hmm. But not who I'm picking. I'm picking Ghostface. From Scream. Ooh, okay, okay. Okay, wild, okay. Okay, so here's the thing, right? Serial killers play on our most individualistic fears. Because statistics ultimately mean nothing. You can see the ridiculous numbers of kills in X amount of events. But ultimately, statistics mean nothing to the individual. Right. Scream goes for that much more personal, visceral level because it's just a dude in a mask with a knife. (laughs) That's it. He's in a fucking bathrobe in a shitty mask with a knife. And he's out thinking you. He's stalking you. These are all very real world possibilities. Oh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So Ghostface... I would argue is one of the creepiest. Not every scream movie is good, but that first one. Yeah, and as a as a character, I feel like that kind of embodies like yeah. the perfect element of horror. Because literally his mask is someone screaming. Ah, uh, okay. And here, yeah, yeah, so like yeah, no one else like as far as That's horror really good. That's really good. Yeah, they all co- go for the omnipotence. So like uh, Freddy Krueger's in your dreams. Uh-huh. Um, Leatherface is like exponentially fucking stronger than you. Yep. Um, Jason Voorhees is like undead and 
deal with the devil depending yeah. on what version yeah. you're dealing with. Or like a remember Jason X? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Space, Jason. We don't talk about Jason but X. Even Michael Myers in the Halloween series is kind of a deal with the devil. Yeah. Even yeah. though that's very similar to Ghostface, there's still some supernatural element to it. He was stiff as fuck. Ghostface was booking it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so like that's that. the thing, right? Imagine if they remade Scream and you just hear, she, and he's just Naruto running at you. <laughs> Yo, that's but that's just full tilt sprinting at you. <laughs> like, no no holding back because by that point you by the time you, Yeah, by the time you see him, you try to run, that motherfucker's on you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I do agree because if you do, like, because I'll... From time to time, I'll go down this weird rabbit hole on YouTube of like watching like these these scary like found footage type things, right? Of people, dude, like, those can be cameras. really good. Though. Really though, and some of these, right, is person security camera, and there's just a figure just standing there. Yo, you're really gonna like the Mandela catalog. I I'm very interested because it, like here's the thing: there is something, right? Even if you know, I'm pretty capable. I could probably fuck this guy up. The fact that this dude don't give a shit. He's just standing yeah. there. <laughs> there is something to okay. be said. <laughs> Here's another one for you, right? Have you ever just been like by yourself in your house? And you just see a shadow move out of the corner of your eye. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm out. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to take a walk. Dude, I, yeah. If I get mugged, it's less scary. Uh, right. I'm going to turn every light and like, run your pockets. I'm like, hey, company. So yeah. think about what Ghostface wears. Yes. He's wearing a black robe, right? With the white mask. So if you just see that out of the corner of your eye, you might not even pay any attention to it. Oh, that's just a fucking trick of the light. Yep, you might try to you might try to minimalize it. You might try to rationalize it, uh, and then all of a sudden, knife. Yeah, this right. oogie boogie ass motherfucker right. just stabs you. But that's that's actually why I picked Ghostface. Yeah, I I, I gotta say, yeah, no, bringing bringing horror back down to the human level, kind of. Stop doing about. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Impressively I would, effective. I will oh say. yeah, it, it works. I would say my. Favorite is probably still the H.R. Geiger, H.P. Lovecraft style, just because I enjoy cosmic level stuff. But it's like way over your head. Like it's yes. it's outside. It's outside of not just your planet. You're not in the vacuum of space. You're like in. So the whole thing, like behind bullshit. that, uh-huh. is like non-Euclidean geometry, right? It's outside the human comprehension of the universe. Uh, yeah. No. I. I. I as soon as I start dealing with that level of shit, I'm just like, I'm clocking up. Yep. Like, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> Whatever you do to me. <laughs> Blow my fucking brain down. <laughs> she. Stab, stab, stab a couple hundred times. <laughs> and with that, it is last call. Um, thanks for having a few with us. This is Critical Hit. We've been drinking country pumpkin, um, subverting my ideas in pumpkin beer probably <laughs> forever. Just like your horror expectations. Exactly. Subverting horror expectations and beer taste. Critical Hit, man. We are, uh, we're making waves. <laughs> um, Till next time. <laughs> Till next time. Uh, drink hard. Play responsibly. And... Uh, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you in the next episode. 
Bye.